0: Welcome to the Grounded Masculine Podcast with me, your host, Finn McKenna Fox. I'm here on a mission to transform the everyday man into a confident leader so they can show up in their truth and in their power for themselves, for their families in their career, and for the collective as a whole. I'm super excited to be able to share conscious conversations with some good friends and awesome guest experts. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to continuing this journey together. Hey, hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Grounded Masculine Podcast with me, your host, Finn McKenna Fox. So, today I am super, super blessed to have Blaze Grinner on today's episode to talk all things men's work. So, Blaze is an absolute, oh, he's an absolute legend over east who's doing so much amazing, amazing work in this space, and his mission is to take men on that longest journey in their life, and that is from their head to their heart. And in today's episode, he shares so much of his wisdom from his own experience and from the work that he does with you all. And yeah, it's really, really powerful episode um, and so much action that you can all take from it. So again, just want to say a massive thank you for everyone for listening and for Blaze for coming on and sharing his wisdom. And if you have any questions for myself or him, just reach out I'll put all the details in the show notes and enjoy. Welcome, guys! Absolutely stoked to have my man Blaze Grinner on today's episode to talk all things men's work. So absolutely fucking stoked to have you here. Um, it's been awesome to watch in your journey over East and the movement that you're creating with all of the men and the work that you're doing. So welcome, man. And again, feel free to cursing everything on here. I'm Irish, so there' going to slip out. So go for <laughs> it, man. Yeah, now
1: we spoke about that all air man. I thought that might be a, a beautiful way to uh, intro. And uh, welcome. I just want to say day to your viewers. Um, and yeah, I just want to talk about language, man. And I got um, a friend of mine, a, a childhood friend, man. He'd been watching all of my content, but I'd never knew. So he never commented on everything. He never liked anything. So I didn't know. He reached out to me one day. It was about eighteen months ago, two years ago. And it's like, bro, if you stop swearing so much, you'll end up on the morning show. And when you're on the morning show, man, you're about to reach millions of people. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> and I literally just said that. But then the next message was man he he watched everything. And he knew videos and the content and everything. Bang, 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 bang. It's like, wow, there's so many people, people, so many people watching that I didn't realize. Mm. And so they took that with a grain of salt. And I I'm the next trade, so I was in construction for over 10 years, over a decade. And so linguistically, like every second word was an F bomb or C bomb. And now, looking a little bit into it, I know as a mentor, especially because I, I work with a lot of tradies and I help men transition out of the trade and then follow a life of purpose. I created a belief that I needed to swear for, to attract them. And working with my Reiki and master, she um, brought up I, I had this um, a lump, this this cyst inside my lip, man. I went and saw my Reiki lady like, hey, can you check this out just to make sure it's not cancerous and feel into it? And she's like, no, it's not cancerous. Get it cut out though it's pertaining to your language and what's coming out of your mouth. Mm. And so she said that, I'm like, oh yeah, I know there's times I say fuck and I don't need to be saying that. I could use so many other beautiful descriptive words other than that one. Um, And then we uncovered that, yeah, there was a belief. And I only said it like two days beforehand that I need to swear uh, to to captivate the audience. But now yeah. a transition. So it's been like eight weeks, man. So I've been really vigilant of my language and been, yeah, really, uh, really present with uh, how I speak and the languages I use. Mm. Um, and I noticed that sometimes when it, it, it is that unconscious flow that the tradie speak comes back out, that's where it's like not really present. So yeah, man, thank you for that offer. Uh, I, I love
0: love all men and all things Irish. Um, so yeah, Rose, thank you so much. Yeah. It really yeah. Awesome, man. I absolutely love that. Like, and it is like, it's, it's one of the things There's so much power in the language that we use and like the verbiage that we use. And it's not just like how we speak to those around us, but like how we speak to ourselves and that internal dialogue and everything as well. It's absolutely huge, man.
1: Yeah, man. And like, if you look into like Native American culture, they don't have a word that is sickness. They have wellness. And so if someone is vomiting, they say they're getting well. So there's no like, no negative word that is going to keep us in that vibration in a native american culture they're like why would we do that we want to be playing over here we want to be in that high vibration so that people are getting well when they mm. move through something because they understand that a sickness or a fever or an illness we're going to grow as a human yeah. um, and so many tools there's so many of those little things that we can learn from so many different indigenous cultures man so yeah, yeah, scratching yeah. At
0: the moment. No, that's it's really powerful man Awesome. Um, so like there's a whole heap of stuff I'd love to be able to speak into here because like absolutely frothing the work that you're doing. But one of the first questions I love asking, um, I guess, who come on here is like, what does it mean like feeling and being grounded within yourself mean to you? It's everything, man. Um, the, the phrase to encapsulate that that I really love is to
1: be the lighthouse in the storm. Um, and so as, as, a, as a leader, as a father, as a partner, as an entrepreneur, and, a man step in the being of service. There's so much chaos that's going on in life. Like you look around the planet right now, I think we're like almost two years since COVID first started in the pandemic. And here in Australia, they're just about to mandate that like, we can't travel interstate unless we're being double vaccinated. So there's like so much chaos going on in the world. Mm. And if I'm not grounded and sovereign within who I am as a man, my values and my vision. That chaos in the world is gonna then, it, it, like that external environment is gonna dictate how I feel within myself. Yeah. And so if I'm able to be grounded and know that, hey, this is where I'm going, that's where I'm going to show my light, I can show that way for my family and my community as well. It doesn't mean I have to be stoic all the time. It doesn't mean that I'm not challenged. But within that groundedness within myself, I also know that I can be vulnerable to my mates, my peers, mm. and my brothers, and surround myself with people that aren't yes men that call me forward because I'm grounded enough in my emotions, my feelings that I can be challenged because I know that it's the only way that I'm going to be gro- to grow exponentially and develop as a man, as a leader, that to be challenged, to be questioned, and to be able to mm. stay on that
0: heat. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, it, it's everything. I feel yeah. it's a huge essence to, to manhood. Yeah, it really, it really is like a so powerful. Like, and as you said, like that lighthouse in the storm is like, cause like we are in the body of the storm now and there's a lot of people with a lot of fear, uncertainty, doubt, and chaos going on. But it's like they're looking for people. It's like, right, how do I navigate this stuff? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's we're always going to be cur- thrown curveballs at at or with everything that's happening. But it's like, how do you deal with them within yourself? And how do you help others to be able to regulate themselves and manage all of that chaos so they're able to still show up as the best self. Mm so with this here like I'd love yeah, to hear I'd love to hear a little bit more about your own specific journey as like I know like you were saying it's like you came from treaty and you like the work that you're doing now is so potent like and like you are basically helping men like I love the quote that you said like you're helping men t- t- go on the longest journey in their life going from their head to the heart so I'd love to hear a little bit more about like what got you on this path and what got you to like really tap in to live your purpose
1: yeah, man. So 40,000 foot view. Uh, dad left when I was seven. Uh, he was very violent. Uh, he used to be uh, physically violent towards my mum, to myself. I'm the eldest of five. Uh, the last time we did it, I was underneath the bed. I was protecting my brothers and sisters. And um, yeah, him and mum were in a huge fight, which I broke up. And then mum packed us all up and we left. So for the next five years, until mum and my stepdad, who is now my, who is my dad, for those five years, she told me that I was going to be the man in the man house. I literally took that on as a seven year old boy. And so I was, um, mum was working three, four jobs. We were living in housing commissions. And so she was like, ask her ass, man, just to provide shelter and safety for us kids. And so I I was getting my brothers and sisters up for school. I was on in their clothes, cooking dinners, uh, making lunches, just literally doing the role as a father would. Mm. Uh, Then fast track, um, uh, when I was 22, um, when I was 22, um, a dear friend of mine, a dear brother of mine, attempted suicide. Uh, he slipped both his wrists, got 26 stitches. He was 18, uh, 18 years old at the time. And when asked, um, why did he do it? Uh, one of his reasons was um, because I moved away. So I moved from that country town, I moved to the Sunshine Coast, and then I'd left him. Mm. And that really affected me, that someone really dearly close to me uh, didn't feel safe enough to talk about his emotions to me and the struggles that he was facing as a, as a young man. Um, and so I went away with meth for those next five years, did everything that I, I took everything and did everything that I could to possibly numb out this feeling. Uh, so was like, I was addicted to alcohol, gambling, drugs, pornography, um, like everything. So I was using Steroid abuse, abuse, steroids, anything to make myself feel good and not have to feel this pain that I was feeling within myself. Mm. Within all of that, I was also able to uh, navigate leadership really well. And so, even though my life was like, um, from a conscious perspective, I was crumbling, I was still able to like. be successful in my career as a tradie and then also in rugby league. So I excelled at both of those. Um, in construction, I led men by the time I was 24. I was the boss or a foreman, or supervisor and I was leading men that were double my age. And, and I was getting huge productivity out of my teens because I actually gave a fuck about every man that was there. I knew their wives' names, their children's names, what their interests were, what they did on the weekends. Like I actually was able to speak about them and extract their story Mm. and wanted to know their story. Then with rugby league, and so I sell the rugby league on Kiwi, um, on Maldi, I moved here when I was to Australia when I was four, don't sound Kiwi, but I actually played for my country and I was captain and I played for Queensland several times and I was on contract with the NRL team, so I just share those because leadership has been like this innate nature that has flourished through my life, but then like there's been these times in in that journey of wayward that I would put on these masks, so I'd like when I go to work, when I was on the footy field, i pretend that I'd have it all together. And yeah. secretly I was deeply dark and depressed, man. Went through suicidal thoughts myself, wanted to end life. Yeah. Um, and then I had a spiritual awakening. When I was 27, um, like had way too much gear. Um, and I ended up on a, a trip that lasted three days. Um, the first day of that trip, I ended up locked, I, I punched on with nine police officers. And up, they locked me up and put me in a padded cell, um, and that's where I really had my spiritual awakening. And so, full of LSD and, and ecstasy and MDMA, I meditated, and in that meditation, and I'd never and this is I'd never meditated before in my life, man.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: just knew that like all I yeah. So I was in the in this meditation, and just before I meditated, I remember having this trip that I was about to get decapitated, and so in in my meditation or this trip. I literally said, cool, I've had an amazing life. I've experienced so much. And so I let go. And when I let go, I popped up into this realm and there was like hundreds of people that I knew. Um, No one had legs and like there was just torsos. The arms weren't really there, but their faces are so vivid. And I was having all these phenomenal conversations with all these people. And then I woke up into this 3D reality. So I opened up my eyes, and here I am in the middle of a jail cell with padded walls, and I'm in the full lotus position. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And so that was the thing I'm like that. Was so real. I had a direct experience of a different reality or a different realm that was so real. Um, That I wanted to find out and discover what that was. Mm. Um, And so I had to go for another two days of torture of like this trip. And so, like, I could full see entities attached to people. I could see the the goodness and the light and everything and everyone. I was able to manipulate everything, man. So the fence there, it was white. I'd go like that, it'd go purple. And, but like, this trip lasted for three days, man. It was like I was fully enlightened. It was just this beautiful experience. Then, so I started like, what, what's all this about? And the only people that I knew that were enlightened or meditated were Buddhists. So that's what I, I dedicated my life to Buddhism man. And yeah. so I go to work, get home, and I'll just read Dharma and just consume and just learn about this meditation, enlightenment. I'm um, Started going to Buddhist temples. And so for three years, it really went down that, that, that uh, path of spirituality in, in Buddhism. And I met this beautiful dude who introduced me to Eckhart Tolle um, and the Book of Powered Now. And it changed my perception of, okay, I don't have to go down the Buddhist route to be a spiritual man. And Mm -hmm. I opened up um, my perceptions up to a lot more. Um, And then, yeah, Yeah. that comes into the time that I met my fiance. And so we we met six years ago and I was doing a lot of community work and service work um, at the Buddhist uh, temple. And I was about to become a Buddhist man. I literally asked her to come and sit down and take this vow, not to, to witness me. Taking the vow. And I had these, I I was sitting with a lot of contemplation, uh, uh, big questions in my um, mind and heart about the world and consciousness and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, asked this question. The the nun gave me about an hour and a half answer. And then there was a lunch break, and I left and decided to look deeply into energy, psyche, the brain. And um, because I'm very, integrity is my second highest value. And so to say that I was not going to eat meat, drink alcohol, lie all of that stuff was just like, man, I don't know if I can do that. Mm. Um, I want to commit to something. Um, and I also felt that if I did Buddhism, it was going to restrict me in such a way for then what I didn't realize was this path. Um, so yeah, that, that was the main reason what got me into doing all of this stuff. Um, and then there was a beautiful mentor of mine. His name's Preston smiles. He did a workshop called, um, bridge the bridge experience i did that which <laughs> tore me apart um and then the next week he did another one called extreme leadership and so when i did that uh it really was like yeah cool construction was a stepping stone like what's my next what's my biggest purpose and so i sat with those questions man who am i what's my purpose on this planet what are the, what are the what's everything that i love to do and I did journaling man for for months i was very fortunate that at the time um, one of our construction jobs, it, it went pear-shaped. So all the all the concreting of this massive big bunnings had like um had it all cracked. So I had to sit in my ute and, and supervise a babysit this trade that had to come through and siguflex like three kilometers of cracks, man. I was there for three months, just in a car eight hours a day on a massive salary. So I'm like, I'm gonna utilize this time, man. So I, I read the trilogy of conversations with God and then just put pen to paper, man. And within that th- like three months, I'm like, I'm not going back to construction. There's there's a bigger purpose for me, and so Mm. yeah, man. So that's what got me here. Yeah, Um, and so yeah, from there, I actually started with my fiance a tourism business, and so we were taking people. uh, We love adventure, so we got three kids. um, All their kids' names are pertaining to the elements. Um, we've been to 30 countries between us. So we started an adventure company where we bring tourists to the Sunshine Coast and show them all the natural wonders because Sunshine Coast is so beautiful. And we retell history, man. And so we retell the Aboriginal Dreamtime stories, World War II and first settler, um, but then also the history of the Sunshine Coast mm. um, through adventure. Um, so we started doing that. But then I kept the universe kept pulling me towards men's work, man. So I started doing like half-day adventures for men, then three-day retreats for men, and then with COVID and everything, it was like okay, I need to be innovative here. So I just really started to put together some dope online programs, um, and build some really big big communities in the men's work um, um, regions. Um, so yeah, man, the, the tourism business it's still there. Um, we may sell that as a franchise uh, because it's an amazing business model. Um, but yeah men's work is really where my heart's at at the moment of just like, helping supporting men taking that longest journey of their life bro.
0: yeah absolutely amazing story man like it's so powerful and yeah like as you said like just be, as you've been able to like navigate through that whole journey and seeing like them big crossroads that you've hit so, like it's just got you to exactly where you need to be right now and like I know like it's having such a positive impact on so many other men um because yeah like and like I know from from following you like, and just like absolutely love the stuff that you're putting out and like, and the help that you're doing for so much of the men out there, like, um, like you're just be allowing them to show that it is like, it's okay to be that bridge between is like where you are. And like, you work with a lot of treaties because you take and relate to you, but being that bridge from where you are to where it is that you want to be about like, again, it's just coming back to your heart. It's finding what purpose is find, Finding what really lights them up and just guiding away from Like It's yeah, super powerful.
1: Thanks man.
0: Hmm i can know um like one of the other big aspects of of yourself that i love following is the side of like bringing in like the importance of like family into everything that you do um yeah. like like me is like you've got uh, three little ones and like pretty much they're all at near enough the same age like i've got two little girls and, and a boy and you've got two boys and a girl so uh, but it gets, it's amazing to be able to be on that this journey and having a family and stuff i'd love to hear what's like what's been the biggest challenges that you've found with with this Um, and what's that taught you?
1: So the the biggest challenges that I've found, man, is ensuring that my family know that they're chosen first before anything else. Mm. Um, Because there's been so much... uh, It feels so good to live this life of purpose. Um, So there's a lot of validation in what I do. There's a lot of acknowledgement. I feel a lot of sense of pride in helping people. Um, and so that can uh, be very addictive and I can like really get it consumed in that world. Um, uh, that's why when our third, uh, third child, our daughter Ocean, when she was uh, about a month away from being born, I stepped away from everything that, all the face-to-face stuff, I stepped away from everything that I've built for the past three years. So that I can be super present with Melinda, my fiance, and the kids Um, And so, yeah, the retreat I did four weeks ago was the first thing I've ever done face-to-face in those six months. Um, And so there was a lot of deep hibernation, man, had to go within because all of what I just mentioned and that validation, the acknowledgement, there was so much of that because of all the free stuff I was doing in the community with men's circles that those local communities and news and social media and people just complimenting me regularly that I forgot to do that to myself. Mm. All of that went away i felt hollow I was, yeah. just like, I'm not doing, I was questioning like i'm not doing enough for humanity um and i was just like all of this mind chatter came up and then i realized i, I really need to start loving myself and uh, being proud of myself and um for who i am not what i do
0: yeah yeah it was a
1: huge, huge gap man um and so i just want to give your viewers this hack that really helped me as a as a family man and as an entrepreneur because Everyone's heard of this work-life balance and people say, oh, I want work-life balance. The word balance is like really counterintuitive to to life. because Balance is like pretty much rigid. And so if we we like trying to balance life and have it like that, there's not too many times that life is going to be perfect. And then what I teach and what I've learned is there's seven different domains that create life. Um, and as, a, as a human so we've got our job career purpose as one ball we've got our relationships our finances our spiritual growth our personal development we play adventure and fun and then we have our health and so if we've got those seven seesaws and we're trying to balance all of that at once it's never going to happen but if it does happen and all those seven seesaws are all balanced it will last like a millisecond and then it'll go back to chaos so if we're in life trying to get work-life balance, we're constantly in this resistance of fight. and like, oh, coming from that inhale, I've got to get it all balanced out. And the the, the hack, is changing the word balance to harmony, that mm. is the biggest lesson that I've learned as a father and as a businessman. And that if I can have harmony through everything that I do and harmony with all of those life domains, knowing that I can't do all of them at once and just commit to three out of the seven and just nail those, and make sure that I'm choosing the thing that's going to be the, the thing that moves the needle the most pertains to where I want to go and just pay my time and engine to that. Everything can be nourished. Everything, mm-hmm. including our family. Um, um, and, yeah, I look at life as holistic and W-H-O-L-E. So looking at the whole of life, like, why, why be amazing in business if I'm, like, an absentee father? Why yeah. be buried in my family if i don't have a drive and a purpose yeah. why I have heaps of money if i can't actually talk about my emotions mm. why am i so spiritually dropped in and and not taking action because there's something messes my heart so how can i have all of that um and so yeah man that's where i sat with that question of like what are, what am i really good at what do i love in life and this i sat with these questions before i came to father and one of the things was um, was I wanted to be able to drop my kids to school and pick them up because I found that was really important. I wanted to be able to do every activity that I wanted to do. I wanted to be, have a life that I was able to be present for anything. I could take time off when I wanted So that meant I had to be an entrepreneur or, or run my own business. Didn't know what that looked like, but I wanted that more than anything. I wanted mm. to give my, my presence more than anything and everything. Um, and it all started to like line up and come through. Uh, one of the other things I wrote I, I and journaled was that I wanted my children, if they wanted to be part of the career that I've chosen or the purpose i have chosen, I wanted them to be part of if they wanted to. And so the, the men's circles, man, Breath, he attended his first circle when he was six months old. Um, by the time he was 18 months old, man, he was going into the middle of the circle and sitting down and claiming it, man. And it's just like he was 18 months old. And so just him being on my lap on Zoom calls and the way he goes – uh, like, uh, what are you working on today daddy it's like oh, I'm just going to help some member the purpose buddy and this, just the conversations that's getting ingrained into these little kids man just through our new paradigm of how we can um, do this thing called manhood like, yeah. man, like it's yeah, it really powerful and beautiful so yeah man the, just that presence with the kids and like another another one man is, is that is like being present with the kids and the family like, mm. so one thing to be there but there's nothing to be present. Yeah, I'm massive. A lot of men, when you know, my hand's in the air with this one. It's like, we're there, but we're thinking about work or the next thing or the exhaustion, but we're not really present with our kids. So mm. that's been another
0: like a, a big one to, to navigate around yeah. their presence, man. Yeah, it's a huge one, and like with the likes of that, what's the sort of things that you feel like is the most important when you're teaching with with the guys that you work with, and even for yourself? Is it the matter of like bringing in more structure and planning, or is it finding like more of that flow, or like what's like what is it that because like there's so many people are always getting confused, like oh, I want to have this structure, but then I hate structure and rigidity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I found, man,
1: is that. The way that we operate as men the most efficiently and most effectively is with frameworks. Mm-hmm. So if we have a framework, and so a framework is structure, but if we have a framework and that's some parameters, then we can go with the feminine inside of that. And so the framework is like the riverbed and then the flow is the, is, the, is the water. And so if we can have frameworks that are going to uh, help us with our time management, but then within that time management, we have space and time to flow. Then we can have that thing. So there's this beautiful method, man. And I teach this through every single one of my offers. And it was a method given gave to me by a psychologist six years ago. That was Dr. Paul McCormack. He got it from somebody else and it's called Pocket of Time.
0: Mm. And
1: so um, the number one excuse across the planet, it was two biggest excuses men use across the planet, is time and money. I don't have the time, I don't have the money. And so time, time, uh, this is how to break through that, that, uh, that paradigm or that excuse for that reason because I believe that time is the most valuable commodity on the planet. Every single person is wanting more of it, to do, to do the things that they love with the people they love the most. Um, and so pockets of time, if we break the day into 15-minute intervals, there's 96 pockets of time. And so this is, this is like the framework. So there is structure to this. And if we put this structure in place, then we can have this flow with our life. On average, we work eight hours, 32 pops of time. We sleep eight hours, that's 32 pops of time. So we 32 pops of time in the day to spend how we want. And so I'm using the analogy in the language of spending time. And so we've got 32 pockets of time, like how are we usually spending it? So many people on the planet are, are stuck worrying, whinging and struggling, their thoughts, emotions, with life itself projecting too far in the future, beating himself up in the past. So, they're literally, just wasting time. When he told me this framework, he actually said to me, "He's like, bro, remember that this time, pocket time is final. You actually have a due date, and that was that big realization. is like, wow, what mm. the fuck am I doing with my life? How am I spending my time?" And then with those seven domains, we can look at life and literally put some framework in. So create a spreadsheet and just plug it all in and put colors to everything. Uh, I'm big on just the simpler the most easy. So I teach (laughs) literally, it's like like a kindergarten. This looks like a kindergarten colors put together. And when I plugged that in for the very first time, blue was the color for my work. The whole thing with blue man, I was like, I don't want this life. Mm. I, I don't want this. There's got to be another way. At the time, I didn't know another way. I was still a tradie. I'd never met a tradie that had left construction and then followed his vision and had made it. And so because I hadn't met that, the way that I play the game, I like, well, fuck, I'm going to become that man.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: i down and do everything possible to become that man. And I, I'll share that when I jumped and left the trade, like, everything. Like one of the things I put out failed me miserably and so i went from a boss running 140 million dollar project with 500 men underneath me to back on the screed, concreting towing caravans um and working one day a week in the uh tourism tourism industry but it was the happiest i've ever been because it was on my terms i was choosing my hours and i knew it was a stepping stone to be that lifestyle that i wanted to have so mm. rough, so bad
0: yeah
1: and so yeah man that was that that time management like, if, if a man um, wants to run with that, compartmentalising your time, like, it, with that, man, so I have a slot from one, uh, so from 12pm to 3pm every single Friday, and I've got it in there of uh, looking after the kingdom. And so by that, I do the lawns, the gardens, and so my role is outside, and we have a conscious agreement with that with my queen. So I look after outside, and she looks after inside. She so she looks after the washing and the folding, and um, we both do dinners. But I look after outside. It doesn't take me three hours every Friday to do all of that. So I've created flow on my Friday afternoons that if the lawns are dope, man, I'll go surfing. I, <laughs> Do whatever I want because I've created that time and space. Because I'm inside that framework,
0: the family
1: get nourished because they, my family, know in between twelve and three on a Friday, Daddy's doing the lawns and the gardens, and and so that the kingdom's looked after. And then if there's more time, I if there's the time left, I go do my thing and I come back but also inside that on a thursday we have time and space where we get babysitters the kids are kindy we carve out a four-hour pocket a four-hour window so there's like what's that four 16 pockets of time that melinda and i go and have a date every single thursday so just me and her and we've had to fight and sacrifice and ask for so much support to make that happen so Mm. without frameworks there would be no flow and so that's how to have both and use them together. So that's my answer
0: to that one, man. Yeah, I love that, man. Like I think definitely like a lot of a lot of value in that for a lot of people because it is I guess that continuous struggle and us see a lot of lot of people are struggling with. And like as you said, like time is the most important commodity for us, but it's the one that we track the least. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So many dudes are amazingly efficient when they're at work. Yeah. They're super productive with their time, but men haven't taken that methodology or framework and then plug it into their life yeah. because I haven't known a framework. they like, until I learned those seven domains, I was just guessing at life, man. Yeah. And then when I had that framework, it all made sense. Like, oh, I can see the different areas of life. Oh, I've been trying to do all of them at once, which is impossible. Oh, okay, if I just do three out of the seven, I can feel fulfilled as a man because when I don't, if I am trying to hit all seven and don't do them, I'm going to beat myself up. Yeah. You're not good enough. You're not doing enough. When that happens, then the, the mind chatter leads down the road of like, oh, I don't worry about the gym, bro. You're too tight. Yeah. And then you going to the gym, eat, got shit, drink, all those things, and the snowball starts. And then you end up on the couch. Like, what happened with those past six months? And look at me. Look where I'm at.
0: Mm. Awesome, man. Mm. I'd love to um, shift gears a little bit and like one of the things that like, I can know it's so important for, so for like so many of the guys out there that like we work with is, is like the importance of having that brotherhood and that connection. And it's something that like you have created so powerfully over there for yourself. Like what looking at, like with your weekly meetups that you used to do before the, uh, the little one arrived and like what you do with like your three day bloke ventures and stuff like that. I'd love mm-hmm. to hear um, first, before we go into like the importance for other people is like, I'd love to hear is like, what's, what is that for you? How does that look like for you specifically?
1: Uh, So how that looks, um, bro, uh, full transparency, man. Six years ago, I I separated from all my childhood mates because they weren't in alignment with where I wanted to go. It was the most loneliest I've ever been. It was like it was an initiation, man. Mm. Um, For me, until like the longest I've ever been single, man, was about four or five months. So i always had someone or people around. I come, I'm Kiwi man, there was always family around all the time, all these Polynesians and cousins and everything. So that initiation was like the loneliest journey of my life. But I needed to go through that to find that sovereignty within myself. And when I um, it was through that time, Melinda fell pregnant breath. And I, so that was about a year later and I had no one to talk to about the insecurities I was feeling about becoming a dad. Like yeah. I was super fucking scared. I, like I, I just quit like a massive salary job of we were super secure to now be an entrepreneur. But like, that pressure of finding money and where was it coming from every week, man, it was real. I had no one to talk to about it. So I, that's why I literally created the men's movement here at the sunny coast. And the first meetup was called Dads and Dads to Be. So I wanted to circle up with some people and ask for support and yeah. get support, man. I wanted to ask. And I found this a beauty, man. Like the, the beauty, what I found in men circles was one, the, the very first deep men circles. Like, oh man, I'm not alone.
0: Mm. Everybody
1: goes through the same shit on a different level. And if they're not going through it, they've already been through it. So I can get some solutions or answers from them. Um, yeah, so, and then from that, everyone had a story, and so everyone had a place. And there was no hierarchy. It was a round table no There was no like, this, was no, like oh, I'm being better than you. It was like, hey, we're all men. We're all in this level playing field. So I found beautiful trust within that. Find that trust within the masculine again, then I was able to trust myself and go deeper within myself. But the transparency I want to mention is for those two, two and a half years, man, I went nuts in building communities and they, they were in their thousands on the online and face to face space. But here, I didn't let anyone close. It's like, it was an arm length away, man. I had no best friends. Mm. I had thousands of men that knew so much about me, but I didn't have anyone come over of my house. I didn't have anyone message me on a Monday, hey, bro, how's the weekend? I didn't have people message me on Friday, hey, dude, do you want to come around with the family? And so it, it, it came about, I, I had a joint by a fire one night, and all the men by the fire had all come through my programs, and I just looked around. And the, the, what I said about how I knew everyone's... Um, uh, I knew about everyone on my team when I was in construction. I looked around and I didn't know deep little... In, I knew all of their traumas and experiences, but I didn't know the deeper stuff that best friends would know. Mm. And I remember just like bawling. And I went around to everyone and just, I don't know this about you. I don't know that because I hadn't allowed you in. And I just remember my bro, Jake, he just allowed me just to grieve and sob, man, for like an hour. Um, and so from there... There was a, my first gentleman, he came to meet up, his name was Leon. And he was just an amazing dude, We the son of the same age. Every time he spoke, I was very intrigued and we both had so many similarities. So I reached out to him and was like, hey man, um, just want to see if you'd like to be my friend. Uh, I was 34 and he's like, oh, I've been wanting to ask you, but I was too scared. And I was just like, and so we started a friendship, and it was clunky. It felt like having sex for the first time with a friendship (laughs) because I hadn't made friends ever since I was a kid. Yeah. So to redevelop that was very nourishing within itself to develop really deep friendships. Like yes, brotherhood, but like friendships where our families get to hang out as well. Because it was really very important. From there, I was very vocal about that story because I thought it would resonate with a lot of people. And across all the platforms, everyone's like, yeah, man, I I feel scared about starting new friendships. So a dear brother of mine, he reached out and said, hey, man, would you like to start a friendship with me? I'm like, amazing, man. And so now him and I are best mates. um, We're getting married. uh, My partner and I are getting married in um, a year's time. He's my best man. I asked him about the last retreat. Um, And so... The the relationship that we've developed, man, and so there's three of us that are best mates that we have all worked together in a capacity so we've held space for each other, Um, where uh, one of the other fellas, Dave, him and I, he's my business partner, and then Stu and Dave are business partners, and then Stu and I own shares in Dave's business. So we've got like, um, all of us have got three kids, um, and so there's this dynamic of like all of those life domains, we are nourished on so many different levels and we're very deeply spiritual dudes as well. So we've developed and cultivated a relationship where we can talk about business and money and politics and religions and um, our partners and our children and father, like everything, bro, but then also get to play together and like rub shoulders and just, just just be. And so we have these little things like in our messenger chat, hey, man, this is a business, business question. So we'll talk about business, but we'll cut that message off, and then we can talk about like life and fatherhood and everything. So we've been able to have everything that we've ever desired, uh, but it was it was a process, man. It was a long journey to get to that point, um, but it's super nourishing, man, to have people in my life that um, aren't yes man, that yeah. just really want the best for me and my family. Um, you yeah, one of the, the Dave. He asked me to be the godparents of his children, and like just that, man, is like it, yeah, it's,
0: it's it's priceless. Mm, so powerful, man. Like it really is. Like and yeah, like it's like it is. Like there's a lot of walls that we put up around ourselves to let let guys in. In that sense, like it's yeah, absolutely love hearing that. And it is. It gets me reflecting on on me and my journey and like the the guys that I have around me. And it's like how. Before previously, it was really hard to let people in, and it's like all this like word of masks of so it's like everything's okay, but like I didn't have the people closest to me to talk about the stuff that I need to talk about. But then if you don't know the people around, it's got to come out somewhere shape, or form. Um, so like learning from them took tough, tough lessons, and um, but yeah, I love it, yeah, man. Um,
1: yeah, you, know, you just triggered something within me as um, that I, I really feel. Um, that a lot of leaders on the planet forget to be held as well. Mm. They hold so much space for everyone and they're being very uh, truthful and transparent about what's up for them, but they're not um, being like fully transparent about the space that they're holding and the challenges that they feel with that because they, they need to have their communities feel safe and trusted, but they forget to like heal themselves or, or be held on themselves or become the student again. And yeah. so for the people that are, are listening right now that are leaders, the invitation, it was like a it was that, I did that mistake for a couple of years. Mm. And when I was able to also find a team that I could be held and be part of that I didn't have to lead, that was super important. And it and the, the trajectory of my life took off business, relationships, everything. So I had that place to be held and also I'd fulfill my purpose. They can't be the same thing. They have to, they have to be separate, man. We have to be able to separate from that, so that we're not in a leadership role. That we're just mm-hmm.
0: a student. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. Like it's, like it's amazing to see. There's and so many, so many more men stepping into this work and stuff like that. But you see, there's still a lot of, a lot of guys that are doing this work that they don't get that concept yet. And I like, guess nearly like they're just peddling, pedestaling themselves, and then, like they're not allowing people in as well. Like, and that's really unhealthy in it itself. Yeah, man. Yep, it's
1: um. The, there's um. Uh, what I see, man, is there's so many people getting activated right now. Like so many people going, man. Oh, wow! I've, I've broken through these traumas on these experiences that have, that have held me down for so long. I want to help other people with that, but there's there's an apprenticeship to that. Like, yeah. we have, we need to go through that. Yet yeah, we we've been in this. We live in a world that's that bigger, better, faster, stronger generation. So people just want to have it overnight. Mm. But
0: to
1: take people through the shadows and, and bring them safely out another side, there's a a, a lot that needs to happen with that. Um, and the, the what I'm seeing for those people that like have been activated, and they just want to and they come from that they feel like they're coming from this pure place, that they just want to be of service, but there's a layer below that that they haven't really tapped into about why they're really doing it, mm. the ulterior motive. And there's a, usually a lot of bit about in there about being seen.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. They're seen or validated because they have a wound that they weren't getting. Um, and by being seen and validated, also then is a, uh, a monetary reward in that as well. And so I'll see a lot of coaches doing it for the money, not for the impact. And so it's like money-driven, about that. Um, and so that was a dance that I've been with, man. Like money and being a service, it's, been super challenging, bro, to stay integral. Yeah. Um, though I've had a lot of beautiful of mentors in my life, man, that call me on that and call me forward on that. Like the blokes venture, there was, I used to do half day blokes ventures. There was a six month period I didn't run one there because I was all about the numbers. And like, I can't leave, this is not about numbers. Man. But for me, there's this scarcity running through it. it and just like, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do that. And the only reason I didn't do it is because I got challenged. I have one of my, my good mates who was like a mentor figure at the time. And mm. there's been many times, man, and I'm just very fortunate with the people I surround myself with that were very open and transparent about money and we talk yeah. about it openly and it's not a taboo subject. And we talk about everything and we can talk through the processes and the fears that we're feeling and the struggles we may be uh, feeling in the family environment and then what the money would be used for and the pressure that we're feeling and how can we then transmute that and make sure we're still coming from that place of like impact first. And, um, yeah. and so yeah, I'm just not wronging any of those leaders and it's just um, the, for people that may feel that they're doing it for money. I just know that um, like we need to have leaders in our life that show us the way as well. Yeah. So just looking into those mentors possibly and, and people that are doing it from that place of of like being able to be in harmony with both.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah it's so true man like and it is it's just like it's having the mentors around us having the right people in our corner that we can we can call upon and call us out on the bullshit when when it's needed as well um like it kind of rolls into one of the things that we were speaking to before we went live as well is like about like how the the importance of eldership and like having having all all, like having these elders around to actually be there as them support as as the younger men are coming through yeah man and so uh, i'm a big believer that it's eldership
1: that's going to really like uh, make the changes needed and like to redefine what it means to be a man uh, if we go back in the tribal days, man, like there was elders, elders would teach and they would give everything. And so everyone from the village would come and listen to the elder. And the elder didn't necessarily mean the eldest by age, but it was just a more experienced person, but they were so willing to divulge everything that they knew for the impact of the community.
0: Mm-hmm. And this what I've seen
1: was there's so many leaders not giving everything or all their wisdom away. Because, oh, I've got to keep a bit of that to put in my program so I can sell it. But no, nah, man, like, give it all away. Give it all away. Like, that's eldership. That's real eldership. Um, and the, there's a prophecy, man, that it's um, a 500-year cycle and it's about an eagle and the condor. Have you heard this one?
0: No, I haven't heard it.
1: So there's a prophecy that, um, the prophecy that the eagle and the condor, and the, the prophecy just, I think it switched over about seven, eight years ago. And the last 500 years almost saw the, the eagle kill the condor. So, eagle is like a white man, um, that kind of life, white civilization, and a bigger, better, faster, stronger revolution, all that kind of stuff. The you know, industrial revolution, consumerism. Then we have the condor, which is the ancient way to be. And so, we look at the last 500 years, we almost wiped out all the indigenous people on this
0: planet. Mm. All of right.
1: them. And the prophecy says that these next 500 years, that's predicted that the eagle and the condor can fly in the sky together. And so this is why every single soul on this planet chose to be here right now. We're part of that prophecy. Yeah. And it, it's playing out. Like Look at men's work, what it was five years ago to now. It is getting, the its trajectory is getting super, super like on that upward curve because more men are realizing that we need support, that we need everything that we've done getting the house, the jobs, the careers, the marriage, it's not working because we still feel unfulfilled. Mm. So what was working was that Indigenous way of life. Let's go back to that. And what's happening now is that, like these beautiful elders are able to know a lot about Indigenous culture and Asian way of being but then meld them and fuse them with modern teachings so that we can implement them into our life because we're not able to sustain going and living in a village and like there is people that are looking to do that, but we also live in a society where there's cities and buildings and everything. So like how can we adapt things that work from those ancient ways and put them into modern practice? Mm. And eldership, man, is I feel that it's been lost. Um, I don't want to rag on the millennials, but if I look at that generation, that younger generation of like two or one, one back from me, is there's no respect for their elders, they're very privileged in their rights. Like, I want this. i get it now. Yeah. Whereas if we look in tribal days and when, when there was eldership, there was a deep, deep amount of respect and honour for elders Yeah, because they could see the value that they were going to offer them in the community. And so we need to retrain the younger generations with how can we respect the eldership and have that honour. So first we need to show them how we can be that within ourselves as mm-hmm. leaders to walk with honour, to really be noble in our path, to to be really aligned with our values and our vision. Um, And the other essence of eldership, whenever I think of elders, man, I always feel like those beautiful stories and storytelling. So the art of storytelling has always been lost. If you look at all those Indigenous cultures that were elders, they would always speak in analogies and riddles. And so they would, like, give all of this wisdom through Proverbs and, like, these, these stories, man, that have almost been lost as well. And so, like, like, like find that way of, like, how can we tell a story and continue telling a story? Um, and in Native American tradition, man, they say our role and why we chose to be here was to continue passing on the... On the passing on the message of the ancestors that, that floats along on the breeze and that the work that we do now, we do for the seven generations, the next seven generations in our lineage. And yeah. that, that means that seven generations back, someone prayed for us to be here right now.
0: Mm. And so, yeah, man,
1: there's a deep reference to that. Um, so, yeah, man, Indigenous culture and, like, um, it, it's really deeply important to me, man. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and just recreating what that honor and eldership looks like. Um, I've had a couple of examples, man. In the past, like two 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 weeks, i have had three people like rip off my content, um, like literally, like take word for word a script that I've created and then took my program out and put their program in and try to sell it as their own. I've had people come into like my Blokes Venture Fire Circle group trying to promote their own thing. Um, mm. and I'm like, hey, man, I, there's, a, there's a level of respect that we have in here, um, and I just want to like, let you know about the boundary that I have, and um, that it would have been nice if you actually asked me first to come into my community and to pay thousands of dollars to be in here to promote yourself and your offer. Um, and he mentioned, that, oh, it's for free. I'm like, I, I understand it's for free, man, but I, I can see your business model. There's an ulterior motive in here that eventually you want that man to sign up and work with you, and, and there's a money exchange there. And then it was like, oh, oh yeah. I'm like, no. Can you see why that's really like not really like affecting me? Like it's affecting me right now. Mm. Um, and so we are to have that beautiful conversation. Um, and through that man, there's like many men part that community, and they reach out it's like, hey man, I've got this upcoming thing. Can I drop a bit? Like, of course you can, man. Thank you for asking. Because there's that level of mutual respect about yeah. it. Like, like, and so that that's come as and just like it's through. Um, what i found is I need to be very firm and assertive within my boundaries and what they are.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: anyone crossing those, that's on me. And so there's so many people that get
0: their boundaries crossed that
1: don't actually have the confidence within themselves or the tools within themselves to actually go, hey, man, that shit doesn't fly. Mm. I don't like that. Um, so, yeah, so many men avoid conflict. Um, and, yeah. and Like we're in a generation, man, of people pleases. Yeah. And, elders elders aren't people pleasers, man they do not give a fuck if they like or not like, yeah. literally, they don't yeah. um so yeah man it's like yeah it's a beautiful journey man so there, there's a couple of little insights man, into eldership.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah so true like and it is like it's coming back to like it is that flip between like the people pleaser to to setting them healthy boundaries and just just being honorable to yourself and where you're at with it it's it's so important yeah, man. It's been super challenging. I was dead.
1: <laughs> um, and so, yeah, man, it's, it's still, it shows up so much, like in so many different areas that I wouldn't think it or expect it. And um, in, like, the, just the work never stops, man. So, yeah. I healed like, that like my dad, man, like I did like seven years of work on my dad and like to get to a place of like forgiveness and had some conscious conversations. And it was my first father's day. And I rang him, I was like, happy Father's Day, Dad. And he spoke about himself for two minutes and then hung up. And I was on my way to my in-laws. I looked at my partner and she's like, he didn't wish you happy Father's Day. And was just like, Bleh. and it crumbled me, man, crumbled me. And then I ended up leaving the family at barbecue like two o'clock, went straight to bed. Like that's full depression. That's like isolation, in the bed. I remember wake up in the morning, it's like, nah, I'm not going to let him beat me. Mm. No, I'm going to face off with this. Like, Where is that coming from? And so everything I teach men, man, I went through all these processes, and then I was numb. Yeah. I was literally numb. And, and my partner's like, "Go in the mirror and just don't come out. Don't come out of the bedroom until you face off with yourself." And so I like looked myself in the mirror, man, for like twenty minutes, and just kept saying, "What are you avoiding? Mm. Like, what are you avoiding, bro? Like, what are you avoiding?" And just kept saying over and over and over. And then it popped, man. And what it was was. I didn't want my men's teams to see that I still had dad issues. Yeah. And that was the reason, man. That was why I was numbing everything because I placed myself on this pedestal. I've got it all together, but I still had that dad wound, man. It's still relevant. Yeah. I didn't really want to know about it. And that was what I was emotionally blocking myself to feel that mm. pain of dad not wishing me happy father's day.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's a huge one, man. Like, it really is. Like, it's... But as you said, it's like we're constantly on this journey. There's constantly going to be these things popping up, but it's like, it's just the the quicker we catch them and check in with ourselves and actually go through the processes again. Like it allows us to move through it a lot more rather than just being sidelined and avoiding pushing it away for so much longer than what it needs to. Like it's, yeah, it's really important. I love it. Yeah, man. I just want to
1: offer another piece of advice too uh, that just popped in my mind when you were saying that was around... Um, ensuring that our goalposts uh, that we have in life are our own. Mm. So many men have goalposts that have been set from their parents, from society, from their comparing to other people in business or as fathers or as partners. Um, it was a huge thing that I went through, man. Um, I was feeling really blocked in my business. And like, um, yeah, my partner's like, hey, I'm going to give you a day sort your shit out and so she cleaned the house out. And so I, there. I went to work, man. And they started looking into like, what's my limiting beliefs in business? Like I kept hitting this upper limit, like what, what am I facing off with? And I looked at my goalposts, I'm like, oh, what does success mean to me? Because mm-hmm. success is like, literally it's been, it's, there's so many different influences here that I thought that is what success was. And that's where I'm hitting all these challenges and blocks because it's success from my family and, like, from society and from other men and other business owners. And, like, man, I've got to actually find out what this is for me. Yeah. So I went on the journal, man, like, what does actually success look like for me? Because now that is my reference point to mm-hmm. judge myself from or to go from. And I just want to offer that because I definitely know there's so many people that um their goalposts that you haven't consciously set there.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I think
1: we really touched on something beautiful then about awareness, man. It's mm. that we cannot see, we, we cannot change what we cannot see. So yeah, first we become aware of it in any shape or form, um, and so yeah, just being aware of our situations, our experiences, our goalposts, and mm. consciously know, um, creating them, man. It's uh, yeah, it'll change yeah. the gap.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of the things I'd love to just bring into point is it's like hearing so many of these different aspects of your story and journey and everything that you've been on is like when you are faced with a problem, it really shows the type of man that you are where you actually as soon as you catch it, you're like, you're not avoided anymore. It's like, right, I'm at right. It's time to go to work. And like, it's like you're it seems like you're really fucking potent at asking yourself the hard questions like literally I just sit and looking in the mirror, looking at yourself and not escape, and asking yourself them hard questions and persevering until you're actually able to see that truth within yourself. Like, that, I think, is really, really powerful, man. Yeah,
1: man. Thank
0: you. appreciate that. Um,
1: um, my mentor, he always is in my mind, man, always in my head, and he always says, powerful questions get powerful answers. Hmm. And so, yeah. like, being able to... Yeah, man. And then I just made a mantra of, um, for myself of, like, I have a passion to make the uncomfortable comfortable.
0: Yeah, yeah. So whatever.
1: I'm comfortable. I know that it has my power.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna.
1: This is a fun, this is a funny old story, man. Um, and so <laughs> I say funny, and it's gonna start with dark. So I was mol- <laughs> I was molested when I was about nine, and then um, about two weeks later, I then molested another boy. So I touched him on the penis um, that was actually younger than me. And so that was pretty heavy, man. And so when I became a father um, and throughout all of my life, I questioned my sexuality, um, and whether I was gay, good for doing that and having that stuff done to me. Um, and then when I became a father, man, it was super challenging because I brought up all of that stuff because I had to change it my, my son's nappy and I was like touching his penis. And so that whole thing of like making uncomfortable comfortable, I lived by that, man. And so I'm like... A, do I need to kiss a dude to find out if I'm gay or not or why? And so I was literally facing off with that dilemma. And I'm like, well, it'll be one way to find out. And so I was like contemplating whether to kiss a dude or not, man. And then I was with a really, really good friend of mine. We were supporting my mentor's workshop and there was an invitation for ecstatic dance. And then P, the the dude runner, is like, man, to you coaches, if you guys want and, and play for that, get mood if you want it's like yep i'm ready so me and my bro kid got got moved and so we're going around we're dancing and at one stage we're like full just in immense joy man and so we just hugged each other as dudes but we were naked we didn't think about it we just did it it was just like boom and we hugged each other and our cocks touched each other man. balls all squished up together and then we separated he went and i just burst into tears man because i realized i wasn't by There was no sexual energy at all. There was nothing. It was just like, there was nothing, man. Um, And I'm like, fuck, I was going to kiss this dude to try and find out that. Um, But yeah, it's interesting, man, about that little mantra and like what I'm willing to look into. Um, But yeah, it was was nice to see that progression, man. uh, I'm really glad that I came to that sovereign space and then next thing we had a daughter. And so it's like Mm. beautiful confidence and security and safety within myself of knowing who I am as a man and just like the little goddess there and that little ball of energy divine feminine just to yeah. give her that secure safety that she needs man so yeah that's a funny story. I don't I don't think anyone knows that. I think there was just- <laughs> 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 well, they just Well I do know <laughs> <laughs> that's my bro get and he's like why are you what's the matter man? I'm like nothing man I just know that I'm not by oh yeah sweet <laughs>
0: Uh, i love it man so powerful but yeah it gets yeah i guess one of the things that i could just love so much about about going on these journeys that we choose for ourselves or, or chosen for us as well um but it's just continuously peeling back them layers and just just being truthful to ourselves Um, but yeah super mindful of your time i'd love to just finish up with just one last question is for any of the guys who are listening out that are new to this sort of work who are just kind of dipping a toe in the water like what would be the kind of recommendations that you would give to them to actually is like right if go just go in just just make a start like just step in so
1: i'm a big believer um that to to not take another man through a journey you've never been through before and so for any man that's on the fence right now, I would um, offer some advice of just like starting to follow some people on social media and actually see how they show up. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look at the last 10 posts of someone, you really get a, a glimpse into who they are as a man. Um, and so are they sharing about their families? Have they shared about their challenges? Or are they just giving you the highlight, reel? Um Because I'm, yeah, like, uh, real leaders create leaders, they don't create followers. And so if, if there's a man that's only showing you a highlight reel, or why isn't he showing you all those other aspects of yourself? And through that, you can draw your own conclusions, whether you trust that man enough to then go into one of his offers, whether it's online, whether it's a, a men's circle, whether it's a program. Um, and with that also, there's a lot of um, men's communities out there that are, are online. And so there's free platforms, I've got one, um, that I get, all, all men can come in for free. I've put a lot of content in there, pertaining to purpose, fatherhood, relationships, and that online community then is a way that you can sit on the fence and just see how men can interact with each other. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time when we're new to the work, there we have lost trust within the masculine and men. And so to regain that trust, you can just sit on the, on the sidelines, but there's gonna become a point that you need to draw the line the stand to step over the precipice. And that when you do, bro, it is the most free and liberating thing that you'll ever do. And they're very privileged that I've, I've spoken to a lot of quote unquote successful people. So people that are very multi-millionaires in business, they've been on TED talks, they've done all these amazing things. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying success here in inverted commas. Um, and when asked, what is the one thing that you wish that you had back then through all of the challenges and adversity and everything you, you had to get where you are now? 100% of them said a men's team. Every single man, every single one of them said oh, to be part of a men's team. Yeah. And so every one of them man, said that. So finding a team that you resonate with um, is going to be exponential for your growth as a man, as a partner, as a father, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, as whatever it is that you want to do on the planet, just having that support systems. And um, one of the most manly things that you can ever do is ask for support. Yeah. Um, I just mentioned, I'm seeing a psychologist at the moment um, because I wanted to look deeper into a clinical aspect around emotion of anger, and he's been amazing to um, to like to work with. I've been seeing him for the past seven months. Um, and the other thing is the best investment you can ever make is one into yourself, because yeah. that, that's why I really I really feel that men's work is going to be bigger than the feminist movement, um, because the feminist movement they women needed the rise for themselves. Whereas men, we're doing this for the sake of, yes. help for the sake of our family and our community. So it's like a, a it's a we thing. So yeah, man. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love it, man. Like it is like, and it's, I guess one of the things to say to like any guy that reaches out to myself, asking for a bit of help and support it's always is like, it's like, it's probably like the hardest thing you've done is actually just putting your hand up and asking for help. It's not even like saying yes and jumping into a program. It's actually just putting up and saying it's like, oh, I actually think I need a bit of help. Mm. I like it. So it's just it's just taking that step, but then the other one is just knowing that yeah, like there's so many guys going going through similar journeys. So it's when you're in that space, it's just the open. Yeah, man. Just, just yeah, I love it, dude. Yeah. Man, absolutely humor, appreciate.
1: it Humor is really powerful too, um within the men's space. And um, one of my mentors, his name's Jerry Zuma, and uh, he's a really dear friend of now as well. Uh, he's got a beautiful way to articulate humor into all these kind of situations and scenarios. Um, and so, like, with asking for help and support, um, just want to mention that, like, don't think that you're that unique, that you're the mm-hmm. only man on the planet that's going through that problem, because you're not. Um, that you're never going to be, and this is for every man that listens, you're never ever going to per- yeah. yeah. <laughs> be the world's first um, perfect father, ever. It's never going to happen. You're never ever going to be the world's first perfect partner. That we all have challenges. And so, just, there's um there's always someone that has done anything that we want to do, across the board. It's very very rare that there won't be anyone that has done something that we've done. Um and so there's like and that's for all areas of life, all areas uh, with confidence and emotions and like business and relationships and fathering everything you can think of. Someone's done what we want to do as an individual. So just sourcing those people out that you resonate with that you align with, and then yeah
0: man ask for help support. I love it, man. I love it. Um. Yes. Yeah, so just to finish up, my um, good love to, is again. Like, um, how can people get in contact with you? Like, I'll drop some links and stuff like that into the bio from here. But if there's anything, any programs or offering or anything you've got coming up that you want to share, like, feel free to share it with the guys.
1: Yeah, man. Um. So
0: just my website, which is my name, blazegooder.com. my offers around there. Um. Hit me
1: on Messenger. I always reply to anyone if you have got any like proper questions you want to ask. Um, There's ways on my website to book a call with me too. So I offer a free one hour call. So if you're, excuse me, if you're um, not quite sure where you're at in life, I'll take you through what I call a roadback session. So we map where you are, where you want to be, all the detail, details, speed box, everything that's in the road and the best vehicle to get you there because mm-hmm. I've got about five different offers and if I can't help you, there's an army of people that I know that can. Um, yeah. So like, I, I like, prefer people to psychologists or energy work. So it's like, yeah, there's like, many different people that uh, in my vortex that we can help support you, man. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the easiest way.
0: Yeah, awesome, dude. Thank you very much. <laughs> you welcome, man. Thank you, Bethany. No worries.